Welcome to There is a Method to the Madness. My name is Rob Maxwell. I'm an exercise physiologist and personal trainer. I'm the owner of Maxwell's Fitness Programs and I've been in business since 1992. The purpose of this podcast is to talk about the real deal, what really works and what doesn't work, and most importantly, why things work or don't work. Hence the name, The Method to the Madness, because you know what? There really, really is one. So today I'm going to talk about the principle of progression. All right. Before I get to that, let me thank Jonathan and Lynn Gilden of the Gilden Group at Realty Pros. And you know what? Speaking of progression, Realty Pros has progressed to number one in Volusia County. Top sales. And let me tell you, there is none better than the Gilden Group. I'm a little biased. I mean, I'm sure they're all good, but I'm a little biased because I watch them grind day in and day out. And they're so professional. That's so important to have professional people helping you that actually know what they're doing. If you need any help with real estate, check them out. 386-451-2412. All right. So let's talk about progression. So there are principles involved in physical fitness like in my industry there are different principles that we try to teach people that way they can be consistent with their workout programs continue to make progress because really that's what this is all about right we're trying to get better we're trying to become more well we're trying to be more fit we're trying all those things and to get there we need to follow some principles so they're all important but Progression is right up there with the most important of all of them. And very simply, the principle of progression is exactly what it sounds like, but it gives us some rules to follow. And that is, how do we move forward? Like, what is the best way to make increases? Because if you're not moving forward, I'm going to give you a bunch of these. So if you don't like it, too bad. If you're not moving forward, you're not moving forward. If you're not getting stronger, you're not getting stronger. If you're not getting faster, you're not getting faster. How many more do I need to throw at you? So we have to progress to make progress. And I know that sounds like, duh, but I don't know that everybody knows that because a lot of times, and I've talked about this before, and if you're one of them, I'm sorry, I'm glad you're doing something, but you still need to hear this message. If you are a checklister, meaning you are given your workout plan and you go to the gym and you check your boxes. I did this many sets. I did these exercises. I use this load because I'm a good boy and girl and my trainer told me to do this. Great. You are far better off than most people. But if you really, really, really want to get better, and make the most efficient use of your time, you progress. And there are rules to follow to do that. And you know what? What's funny is typically it's the principle of progression that is more applied to type A's versus people that you're trying to steer into progressing, into what we call overloading. In other words, like they're probably not going to over progress. And yes, we can over progress, which is really why there's the principle 
a progression. If we do too much too soon, we can over progress. So really it's the type A's that push, 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 push. And if you can see my hand up right now, well, it's not up because you know what? You're listening to me, but you get the point because if we were in a room, I'd put my hand up and say guilty, guilty, guilty. So I'm a type A and I can push, I can push, I can push. But you know, as I've gotten a little older and more experienced, I've realized that if I just follow my own wisdom, just follow my own principles, then things would be better. So it is the type A's that get in trouble because we do too much too soon. All right. So I want to talk about that. Like whenever I or people I know, athletes or trainees or trainers, because remember, trainers are also trainees. To be trainers, we have to be trainees. If we're not following what we're talking about in health and fitness, and we can all follow it in different ways. But if you're working as a personal trainer and you don't work out, there is a huge problem, you know, not because of any other reason than the fact that, you know, why are you even doing this then? Like I do it because I love it. I do it because I was in the field of psychology. I was counseling early on and I loved that too, but I was a workout gym rat. I loved it and I wanted to do it the right way. And I kept getting questions from the kids in rehab about how to build a better bench and how to get stronger. And I would bring, you know, my packed meals with me and they'd watch me eat in the cafeteria. And they're like, why do you eat like that? You know, why? Why do you eat like that? You know, have a hamburger. And I talked to them and I found I would really light up when I talked about the values of eating nutrient dense foods, how I feel better later. And don't worry, I'm not going to bore you with Rob Maxwell's biography of how he became a personal trainer. I'm just trying to show you that I got into it because I loved it. And I lit up that day and I thought, you know what? This is what I want to do. So we were trainees before we were trainers, hopefully. And if your trainer can't say that, then you might have the wrong trainer. And I must say, I don't know any where that's the case. So I think most likely you're in good hands no matter where you are. So it's very important that we follow these principles ourselves because sometimes we're the most guilty. We push, we push, we push. So anytime that there's been a problem, as I said, it's typically because the principle of progression was not followed. All right. So for example, in the weight room with weights, working out, strength, whatever you want to call it, there is a 10% rule for the most part. And I say for the most part because you know, look, 10% is a great number. Just get the spirit behind the law versus the law. What that means is that we should only increase, this is the first rule, there's a couple. We should only increase by no more than 10% when we work out. So that means if we're doing, say, 100 pounds on a leg press or whatever, then the next time we work out, we should not exceed 110 pounds. That's the 10% rule of progression. That's a great rule, 5 to 10%, anywhere in there, just not more than 10%. And if you make your increases smaller, you're probably going to continue to increase longer and longer before you hit a plateau, which is a great thing because plateaus suck, all right? We like to continue to make progress, right? So that's one of the rules. The other rules is are 
we don't want to increase more than one thing at a time. So I'm just talking the gym right now. I'll get into cardio in a second. But that means if we're growing up in weight, we don't want to increase the reps either. We can, like again, there, there's gray areas and go, well, you know, I went up in weight and I did a couple more reps. Okay, whatever. But it's really ideal to follow the principle of progression, which means we increase one thing at one time and we don't increase more than 10%. So that means we don't increase the set number, like say we're doing three sets of 10 at 100 pounds. So it would be really dumb, and I'm sure I've been guilty of this, where you go to four sets of 12 at 110 pounds. So now you went up in sets, you went up in reps, and you went up in load, right? So it's like, hmm. Now, can you do it? Of course. But what could happen is all of a sudden you start to get overuse injuries, which are just little tiny micro tears in the muscles or worse, the tendons and connective tissue. I mean, I don't want to scare you from not working out because that's the last thing. Like I'd rather have the whole country running around with micro tears than doing what we're doing, which is completely sedentary because you know what? We will heal. But the problem is we don't need to do that. Or I should say the real issue is we don't need to do that. We can do both. We can work out. We can follow the principle of progression and we can continue to make progress. So we increase one thing at a time. And I don't want to like make the whole thing of how to do it. I, I really want to stress today why we need to follow it in some semblance. Okay. Now, which one I will say, well, it depends. If you're trying to get stronger, we should increase load. If you're trying to get bigger, you can increase, say, reps or load or sometimes sets. All right. If you're trying to maintain, you keep everything the same. Yes. But again, that should only be for short periods of time of, say, maybe you go through a recovery week or um, you're peaking for something or whatever. But for the most part, we should always be thinking about making tiny little inches forward. Okay, so it really does depend on a lot of things as to what to progress in the gym. It could be sets. It could be reps. It could be loads. So it could be any of those things. So one of the questions is time. You have to remember that more isn't always better. So I usually tell people, again, I hate to say words like usually because you think I'm being vague, but I'm not. But everybody's different. And that, by the way, is the principle of individuality. So everybody's different. But usually we keep the sets pretty steady, meaning, you know, research shows that most results happen between two and five sets. So we kind of figure that early on as to like how much volume somebody has to do. Right. And there is. As I said, a time constraint for most people and also effectiveness. If people are working out too long, they're not working hard enough. So usually the sets are determined early. When we're first working out, we should do higher reps for sure. So everything can catch up joints and muscles. And then usually what we end up doing is we increase the reps or the load and we keep the sets the same. And again, when you think of sets, which can be very vague, and the researchers don't always tell you this or you're not interpreting it right. Like when they say three sets, I mean, that could be a combination of the same muscle groups. So again, that part is a little vague, which is why we keep the sets and volume pretty consistent. But we should be increasing the reps of the weight. What we do is we have a rep range for each client because we know the client. 
and those rep ranges can change. But we have a rep range. A lot of people are just ideal between 10 and 15 reps, like that's perfect. And what we do is if we hit the top end of the reps, we increase the load by how much? No more than 10%. If they haven't increased, if they haven't hit the top end of the reps, say 15, we keep trying to get a one rep more each workout until we get there. So that's like the principle of progression to the finest. It's when we don't follow that that we get into trouble. Oh, I increased more than that, or I added another set, or I did a burnout set, whatever. It's usually when we don't follow the plan and we get impatient that we get into trouble. And look, I'm guilty as charged because I love working out and I got to be careful with that. So I always, I, I literally will write my own plan and then do the best I can to stick to it. And when I do that, I usually stay out of trouble, which is really good. Now, the same rules apply for cardio. Now, runners get hurt a lot, right? But here's the deal. They say, oh, running causes injuries. No, running doesn't cause injuries. That's BS. There's actually studies that have been done that have shown long-distance runners over the course of their lives have better cartilage in their knees than people that have never run. And these are people they checked into their 80s and 90s. The problem is runners can get hurt because they do too much too soon. And if they run on injury, then yes, of course, you're doing damage to your joints. But if your joints aren't damaged, they don't, running does not cause problems. Runners are the worst for this because they don't follow a plan of progression. Like they, and maybe it's, you know, again, they're type A's most of the time, but I'll literally have a runner come back from injury because I do a lot of rehab, sports rehab, stuff like that. And I'll say, all right. So when you last left off with your, uh, what, fibromyalgia, you know, whatever's going on, your, um, nah, that's a bad one, plantar fasciitis, that's more typical. Um, you know, you were running, your base runs were four miles and you're running 30 miles a week. So what I want you to do is do a half mile run three times this week and we'll go from there. They look at me like I'm nuts. They're like a half mile, seriously. I'm like, let's just follow the principle of progression and we'll go from there. Now, the ones that do it, right? The ones that do it come back from their plantar fasciitis and are back to their full routines within six months or so. And the ones that don't re-injure themselves. And again, I randomly picked the half mile. But the point is, is that I always pull people way back in their volume from where they think they need to be. Because the joints, the, the connective tissue needs to catch up. And it's the people that don't follow that that get in trouble. Like, well, the mile felt good. I'm going to go back to two miles. And next thing you know, within two weeks, they're back to their full volume. And they think they're feeling good. But it's deceptive. That's the deal. It's very deceptive. You don't know that your connective tissue is catching up. Which is why we have principles like... If we didn't make all these mistakes generations ago, there wouldn't be principles. But people are people, right? Right? Who's that artist that used to sing that song? Depeche Mode. People are people. I'm not going to do the rest of it because it's not relevant to this conversation. But we are. I mean, we're pretty much the same. We're going to make the same mistakes, which is why we have to follow principles. And look, again... When I've been extremely patient, whether it be training on my bikes, I do you know, a lot of bike training and bike racing, I've done triathlon. When I'm patient and say, all right, so I did a 30-mile ride, you know, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Even though cycling is 
non-weight bearing and typically much better on your joints than running, I still don't want to burn out. I still want everything to catch up. So I'll tell myself, all right, Rob, next weekend, don't go more than 33 miles, 10%. So it's the same 10% rule. You just increase inch by inch. Then the next week, 36 miles and 39 miles, right? Then I'm up to 40, so then it's 44, 48. If I follow that, I continue to make progress, right? And it's always when I don't do that, that I get some form of an annoying overuse injury that I'll heal from, but it sets me back and then I'm annoyed. So it doesn't have to happen. I was just thinking about this. You know, I did the uh, red line relay at the Speedway over the weekend. It is, It was a 50 mile or so, 52, something like that bike race. And uh, we had a team of four and I'm very grateful to a friend who comped me an entry and it was a lot of fun. And we had a pro on our team who really did all the work and we were out there the amateurs you know rotating laps you know it was super super fun and i don't know why my brain likes to go off in directions of material as i'm cycling and don't worry i was pushing hard i was going hard but my brain was still going you know what's good podcast content and i was thinking how so many people i talked to there and other places are always talking about injuries and overuse injuries and i'm like well it's because of the principle of progression i mean we just get dumb and we start doing too much too soon because we're extremely impatient or we get feeling good and we want to do more. So it's like, I got to talk more about that and I have to talk about more of the principles. All right. So just remember that you are going to continue to get better. You're just going to have to be patient and you don't have to murder yourself in the gym to get stronger. There's no question to get stronger, you have to use heavier loads. But if you're using heavier loads, you don't need to beat yourself into submission to do that. I mean, there's a term in my industry for that. It's called beating your client up. And it's not recommended. I remember I was talking to a, I mean, who cares? Give the guy free publicity and it's only positive. So what's he gonna do? Sue me for saying something good? But there's a guy in Gainesville named Joe Cirilli, and he owns the Gainesville Health and Fitness Center. And uh, it is literally the number one profitable health club in the entire country, or at least it was a decade ago. So I doubt it's really dropped off that much. And keep in mind that health clubs usually do not make a lot of money. Like, you know, if you buy a gym, and I'm not talking about personal training studios and boutique fitness and things that, you know, do tend to stay in business because there's low overhead, but People that get into the big box gyms typically end up selling them within a few years because it's very hard to make money. All right. So I'm just giving you that little backstory to, to tell you like, so this guy, it, he broke the mold. I mean, he is doing fantastic. And so, and he's an icon in the industry, the gym industry. So he and I were talking, I had him, I met him for lunch one time over at his gym in Gainesville. And uh, he said, you know, we're different. He says, you're a trainer. I'm a gym owner, you know, different mindsets. I'm like, yeah. But, you know, he was talking about how he like literally fires his trainers for having the mindset that you have to beat your clients up, you know, because there's those dumb shows like Biggest Loser and all that stuff where they showed what's her name, just beating the tar out of her clients and screaming at people that were overweight and out of shape. And it's like, that's not a good look for personal training. And it's not even realistic or valuable. Like it doesn't work. And sadly, it's funny, some clients will think like, 
oh, I didn't work that hard. And it's almost like they feel ripped off if you didn't beat the tar out of them. It's like, no, you got to learn. Like, there is a method to the madness. There's a reason why we keep charts and follow them. Like, we're trying to teach you that, you know? Don't put all of your, like, uh, how much you spent or whatever on whether or not you can walk or not. I mean, there are times to go super hard, but, you know, beating up the clients, it doesn't work. There is a method to the madness for us, for clients, for everybody. So you have to keep that in mind. If you want professional training, it just gets done right, right? All right. So now let me thank our second sponsors, Overhead Door of Daytona Beach. They have the best product and the best service. Anytime I need Jeff or Zach to answer and help, anytime a client has needed them, I've reached out and they've helped. They were literally there the next day when I called out them and they had like a 10-day backup or something. And they got there the next day and helped the guy fix his commercial garage door. So they're the absolute best. If you need any help with that, give them a shout at overheaddoordaytona.com.